What's up? What's up? What's up, people? It's me, Nate, your host uh, of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Um, I'm just sharing it out now. Trying to. It's been a couple weeks, so I'm a little rusty uh, at I'm this. The Artist Exchange Radio. Saying I'm a little rusty um, at this. I'm just gonna go down and invite you all. If you're tuning in, please like, share. And subscribe and all that jazz. Um, and it to the Artist Exchange Group uh, that's been in existence for over 12 years. And to put that out there, because some people don't be knowing, they just be um, stealing and such bad business practices and whatnot. But we're going to talk a little bit about that as we open up. Our guest today is Miss Catherine Trotter. Um, we first met Miss Catherine Powell. She's been on the show years ago. Um, she had a youth um, poetry uh, entertainment um, kind of open mic, youth open mic series that she did, and she traveled around with it. And she did that for a number of years. So we're going to learn uh, the status of that. Uh, she has a new consulting um, uh, business that she's starting uh, to help businesses out. We're going to talk a little bit about that and what she's been doing and how this pandemic has affected her and all that jazz. Uh, but we're going to mainly talk about that passion over profit, the idea that some people are against it. Some people don't really like it because everything is business. It's just business right now. And just business is getting a lot of people in trouble because they're putting themselves in uh, businesses and uh, fields of you know work and thing and career paths that they have no business being in because they chasing a dollar, and um, I'm not for that anymore. And I'm, you know, it's it's starting to get to me in a way that it's never gotten to me before. Uh, but ultimately, I'm learning how to, you know, maneuver, and you know, simply, you know, get myself in order so I'm not. Um, being disrupted by those types of business owners. Um, and not just business owners, artists and all, all that. Um, so I open up by saying the last few weeks have been tremendously difficult for me. Um, I didn't post a lot about it, but I did um, post about it. Uh, my grandmother, my father's mother passed away uh, now it's been almost three weeks now. And because of COVID, if you've had to bury anybody during this time, you know that um, it is a very difficult and challenging uh, time uh, to lose somebody, not just the grief process, but actually getting them uh, buried and, and um, uh, all their things to be settled. Uh, my grandmother was in a nursing home throughout the pandemic, so that made it tremendously hard because the first six or seven months, nobody was even able to see her probably until after Christmas. Well, actually, this year, I think, was the first time people were actually able to go and see her. Uh, oh, so Lord, that is a crack on my screen. Uh, but to actually see her. So starting maybe, I want to say like in May or June, like right before her birthday, um, and her birthday is on the 30th uh, of May. Uh, and so I think 
around that time was when we first got to talk to her and see her on a tablet that they allowed each one of the residents of the nursing home to have about 35, 45 minutes of time on, um, on the tablet um, to talk to their family. We all got to log in and we did this every Tuesday. Um, and it got harder to see her because prior to people being able to go see her, uh, you could see her steadily declining. Uh, she was suffering from Alzheimer's and people know that's a debilitating um, ailment in that it physically attacks you um, and mentally uh, slows you down completely. And that had been going on with her for the last couple of years, but because of the pandemic, it's very hard when your only interactions are nurses. Um, and around this year, the beginning of this year, a uh, few family members who had got tested uh, and vaccinated were then able to go see her. Uh, in the beginning, they would bring her out to the, um, first I think it was through the window, and then they started bringing the patients and uh, residents outside, and it was limited. You had to sit on the opposite side. It felt like you were visiting someone in jail. That's what it felt like. Um, and it, uh, I know it took a toll uh, on my father's family because, you know, she was like the oldest person living and she kind of took care of everybody. Um, she buried four of her children, one being my dad um, in her lifetime and grandchildren and other family members, brothers and siblings and parents. Um, and she was very uh, strong to say the least. Uh, and uh, to see her succumb to something that debilitated her and kept her kind of in probably a mental prison for a number of years, uh, to know that, that that process is over now gives me a pause, but not knowing how it felt those last couple of weeks. So the last week of her life, she stopped eating. Uh, and my aunt spoke about her only eating one day when my uh, cousin Rodney came to visit her and it was very um, just disheartening not to be able to, so I had not physically seen her uh, since 2019, the end of 2019. So to, to not, to go through this all, all whole time and only see her through like a screen like this and then to physically be in her presence and then be at her funeral was very disheartening to me and very um, hard to deal with. Um, and um, I'm glad before she left here, I was able to celebrate her life in a way. The last production that I directed, um, I, I supported her in her 81st birthday. Um, she was 84 when she passed. Uh, she did turn 84 this May. Um, and we were able to celebrate her thanks to the organization Elders of Elders of Baltimore. It's a online uh, blog where they celebrate the elders of this community. And they um, selected myself and my grandmother to be a part of their weekly um, celebration. And in conjunction with that, we got to give her the plaque and the, the photo from that they chose of us. Um, and then the play we kind of dedicated, we did dedicate it that day. And that was actually on her 81st birthday. So um, the last time I saw her up and vital and, you know, 
um, mostly herself. He had just started to slow down at that point. So this has been, um, I've learned from her to be very calm and very um, um, strong. Um, two of her very, um, her best attributes, if I can say so uh, myself. Um, but it's been difficult watching uh, my aunt, my aunt Val, one of my favorite aunts, and my aunt Diane, her last few surviving children, um, deal with this. Because, you know, that's their mom. And for someone to live 84 years and that's the only person you know, uh, it can be very difficult. So it was very emotional at her funeral watching my two aunts be kind of take over that mantle for her uh, and be the strong ones and, and not cry. And people know me, I'm not a crying person, uh, but it was, it, I had got choked up in emotion watching this. And um, if you see like the hats behind me, one of the reasons I started making hats was very much so doing part to my grandmother because she she always had a nice church hat on. Um, they buried her in one of her favorite hats. Um, and it was just, a, it was, the last few weeks has just been difficult for that reason. Um, and I didn't think, normally I'm, I'm pretty put together at funerals unless somebody really close to me. Um, but this one kind of took me off of my, out of my space and out of my comfort zone. And um, if you're if you're listening, you know, um, please call in 410-642-9403, uh, 443-642-9403. Um, and uh, call in if you've experienced death over this time, you know, share it with us, talk to us. Um, how it's been. My friend Nicole, she has a uh, podcast called Your Grieving Girl. And I actually was on uh, one of her episodes. Uh, her first, I was her first guest on her podcast. Uh, and we talked about my previous grandmothers who had passed away. And it's, um, I'm definitely a grandmama's boy, uh, but it's, uh, this one, it was different. You know, I've had a grandmother that was killed. I've had a grandmother who died in my home. Uh, so I've experienced it all. But this one felt um, different because those two grandmothers, I was with them. You know, I got to see them practically my great-grandmother every day because her bedroom was across from mine as a teenager. Um, and my grandmother was in our home every day. So to... Um, to lose them, it was a part of me, but to not see her for a few, uh, over a year, almost two years, it was uh, difficult. Um, and anybody who's lost anybody, specifically over this pandemic, um, I know the grief is real and it, it hurts a little bit differently because things aren't done the same way. You're sitting in a room with limited amount of people um, with masks on. Um, you're trying to be social distance in a moment where you may need a hug or you may need somebody to um, comfort you. And it's kind of hard for people to feel comfortable doing that right now. Um, uh, going into the cemetery is different because that normally is a place where you get to say your final, final goodbyes. Um, and then 
you're able to say a couple prayers, maybe sing a song, and then you are being ushered out so that Nick's family could come into the cemetery and bury their grandparents or their loved one. And that's exactly what happened. Um, the uh, repast was different because it was just a media family, which isn't, you know, wasn't different because I have a huge family on my father's side, but it still was different because we were all spaced out still and um, it was um, different. Uh, so the last couple of weeks definitely have been a test of faith. And I just realized how mean people could be because no matter what they know you're going through, what they need something, they still react. They don't, people have forgotten how to be comforting and be um, uh, just be respectful. You know, I want to say thank you to all the people who on social media, on um, calling, texting, um, sending out their prayers, um, sending me cards. I got so many flowers and cards. Um, so I'm really thankful and very grateful. Many of my friends called me um, and messaged me and people said some really great things on my voicemail and in my text box and on social media on the one or two posts that I made. It was very much so a help. People, um, death is not for human consumption in general. So going through death like this, and this is kind of I want to say this is the second big death that I've had throughout the pandemic. It really is. Um, it really was hard because you could not um, be together. That week of a funeral is really a delicate time for families. And it's normally the time where families get together, probably the first time in however long. And it really, um, it, it is, uh, uh, a time to grieve, a time to um, be together, and it just wasn't comfortable like that. The first one was my friend Martique, and I've never been in a process like this where you were very limited in your time, and they were getting you in and out of the funeral home, but um, yeah, it, it's been pleasant nonetheless, but I just, I, I want Beyond it, I want people to start uh, just treating each other better. I don't know what happened during this pandemic. I'm not saying that it started during this pandemic, but this pandemic has definitely um, brought out a kind of a clawing mentality in people that I've seen before, but not as much as I've seen um, in the past year and a half, almost two, almost two years now. Uh, but <clears throat> I wanted to start off by saying that I wanted to start off by just thanking my family for being so um, supportive to each other. Um, and just again, to all the many people who have sent cards to me personally, um, I haven't gotten all those cards to my um, uh to my aunts yet, but I will. Um, and just thankful to all the people who just lent a hand, my friends who was really supportive throughout this process and helping me with various things, running the shop and helping me with business and just being 
helpful. So just thank you to everybody. Um, and um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, we're waiting. Uh, Catherine will be here shortly. So uh, just uh, be patient. Please share this out. Please like, share, subscribe to our YouTube page on BigSpoilsRadio.com. Check out our new news feed. Um, and you can like us on Instagram and Facebook at both Be Exposed Radio and the Artist Exchange. The next thing, speaking of the Artist Exchange, that I wanted to talk about was um, just the businesses and practices of um, um, uh, Catherine's on our way. She just sent me a message. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, a thing that has happened to me. Um, a friend of mine, um, and mind you, this, this happened in the course of this uh, last two weeks, um, sent me a link to a page, uh, the Everyman website. Um, we're both members. Well, I was a member, and she's currently a member. And she sent me this link, and it had uh, the name Artist Exchange. Uh, I forgot the last name. The last word of it, but uh, they use the name. Now there have been other groups, other social media, Instagram and Facebook groups started with the name the Artist Exchange. Um, and I can't get into some things because I'm still doing some work in terms of securing my um, um, information, but. I've been running the Artist Exchange since I was a sophomore in, um, <clears throat> in college, in college. Um, and that was about 22, 23. I'm now 38. So imagine running a business and starting a business um, where you are supporting people. And if you know me personally, you know how much I pour out to various artists and entrepreneurs in my community and children, family, anybody who needs help, Nate is always there. If you call me and say, I need your help, I'm there. Um, so this hurt differently. It hurt differently because this is an, is an established theater, equity theater house here in Baltimore City. So they have underwriting departments, that's their advertising. They have their media department. They have various departments that make up that business, Everyman Theater. Um, and to find that um, they used my name to start an initiative, similar to the work that I do, um, it hurts. It hurt because I had reached out to them several times to bring various directors and casts. Uh, if you don't know what Everyman is, Everyman is a theater, an equity theater house. That's a union uh, theater house here in Baltimore City, not Maryland, but Baltimore. Um, it is probably less than 10 minutes drive away from me, um, home and work, uh, and um, a space that I've been to several times. I've seen several shows there supported various uh, actor friends and director friends who have done work there. Um, and I've reached out to them again. And I've, I've actually had a couple actors from their shows on my station. Um, so to know that I know they researched the name to see who was using the name before they used it, I know they did this. I've heard 
personally that there was a meeting that happened a couple months ago uh, where this name was brought up. So this initiative didn't just start this year. This was work that they have been planning to do throughout the pandemic. So to know that they still went along with naming it that, knowing that somebody has had that name established, uh, both in business and just in work in general, um, for a number of years, is disheartening to me. Now, I'm not going to make it a racial issue because they have plenty of Black productions there. Uh, one of my, who I look at as my big brother in theater, um, I'm not going to say his name, but um, is a, you know, a recurring actor there. Um, uh, a friend, of, another friend of mine, been in shows up there as well. I've supported them, um, and it just hurts differently to know that this stills happen. Now, a lot of people reached out to me when I, I made a post on Facebook, um, basically saying, you know, with all the emails that I've ever sent that organization over the years, um, it's very disheartening to know that they would still be the big fish and, you know, um, uh, do something like this. Now, some people have said, well, Nate, you're not a theater company. What am I after? I direct, I produce plays. So I may not do it on the level of an equity house like every man, but I still put my work out there. You know, I've put my rent money on the line plenty of times to produce a play or to help sponsor something or work with other people or do my work in general. Just reinvesting into my artistry. So I've definitely put the work in. But I'm tired of hearing this this mantra called business. It's just business, Nate. And I get that. Um, I'm sitting in the middle of a studio, so I understand business. I sell, I make, I create. I am my art. So I, I understand the business. I've registered my first business at the age, I believe I was 25 or 26. So I know what business is. You know, I did not handle my business and I'll be transparent. I didn't handle it correctly in this moment. But on one side, this is the first year um, in the last, since the pandemic started that I actually have gone out for grants of my own. Um, I've worked with various organizations to partner with them to do grants, but I've never done physically my own. So part of me was like, I have to limit what I say because I don't know who sits on what board and what they can stop and what they can do. And I decided when I, today is my first week back to this show in a couple of weeks. And I didn't mention on the other podcasts that I do either um, uh, because I was away from that one as well. Uh, but it has been extremely difficult and challenging to be quiet in this moment. I'm going through grieving. I'm thinking about my other two grandmothers at the same. It's just a lot. You know, I'm trying to expand. I'm uh, in this new business. So I'm really thinking about all the things that are going on, you know, and to wake up to news that are of established business has taken something that belongs to me um, and just, you know, remixed the name a little bit. They just added a word and dropped off the thumb. Um, and um, it really hurt 
it hurt in a way where I, I know the years of work that I put into what I'm doing and to know that they can just come in and do whatever they want or feel that they can do whatever they want. Um, it was disheartening. Shout out to um, uh, a couple of my friends who have reached out, who have connections with them, who are trying to set up a conversation with, with them and I. Um, so shout out to them uh, for trying to make something happen. But right now, uh, I want people to just understand that this business thing has turned our Black community into savages. And that whole crab in a barrel mentality, uh, it's been said more and more lately, we don't belong in that barrel. And not only don't we belong in it, there's room for all of us to get out of that barrel if we just work together. Um, but for some reason, we are choosing to be these savage individuals who go for dollars instead of uh, really sitting on and preparing our passion uh, and just sitting in the blessings that are meant for us. I don't need all of your money and all of my money. I, I just want what's mine. That's it. Uh, so in the next couple of weeks, um, I am just creating a strategy to uh, understand what the next steps are. And I'll be getting, letting information out. Um, but the counsel that I have sought out right now has told me say as less as possible um, and just do the work that prepares me for the next step. So just all to all those types of business owners out there and artists out there, do better. Do better not only for other people, but for yourselves. Because the way you get it is the same way you'll lose it. So just remember that. But I don't want to take any more time up. I want to introduce my guest, Miss Catherine Trotter Speaks, uh, <laughs> uh, to the group, uh, to the podcast. So how you been doing? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. How have you been? I've been great. Uh, we last saw you on this platform when you were speaking about your Speak Life Tour. Uh, yes. where you've been an advocate for young uh, youth creatives um, and giving them not only a platform, but a space to have of their own. So that's the last time we heard, I heard from a Catherine Trotter, but uh, last year I got to speak with you on a Zoom. You was hosting a Zoom to kind of share some of the in, uh, initiative that you were coming up with um, and some of the projected things that you wanted to do with your um, business. Um, so I'm eager to know what's next. And I, I saw some photos of some consulting uh, mm -hmm. of businesses that were starting. So I just want to know, I'm being nosy right now. Share with <laughs> me all that's been going on with you. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much. So since we last uh, communicated and I've been on the show, what has been going on with Speak Life Tour, mm -hmm. we actually, because of COVID, we have done a lot of virtual events. Um, mm -hmm. we had to shift gears, but we shifted gears because we didn't want to just absolutely stop, right? We didn't mm -hmm. want to just not do anything. So one right. of the things that was born out of the COVID-19 experience is something called Speak Life to the Nations, which is still mm -hmm. part of Speak Life Tour. Mm -hmm. The reason why we call it Speak Life to the Nations is because when COVID hit, it didn't just impact the U.S., it impacted many countries. So that's why we call it Speak right. Life to the Nations. Absolutely. And so what we did was we reached out to community leaders that was over civic organizations that was 
working with youth. Um, like we reached out to people in Africa. We reached out to people in London, Australia, right? And we had different um, communities represented with Speak Life to the Nation. So we had a Speak Life to the Nations this year again, so our second year. Um, so we're excited about what we've been able to do with that because despite COVID-19, we still was able to make an impact in the hearts and minds of our young people, but also we were able to bring together other community leaders outside of the U.S. and to kind of forge an, an alliance, if you will, that way we all can work together and support each other's initiative. And so I would say to any entrepreneur that's out there that's watching now, going to watch later, you know, sometimes you're going to hit those bumps in the road. Uh, we hit the bump in the road. We couldn't do a live show. So we had to go for plan B, right? Um, mm -hmm. Matter of fact, we was actually planning to do a show downtown Orlando. We already had the contract on the venue and everything. And boom, there go COVID, right? So mm -hmm. we had to shift really quickly. And we know as entrepreneurs, and I know you know this as well, we have to know how to be adaptive and we have to know how to be fluid to shift mm -hmm. at any given moment in time. So mm -hmm. I would say as far as the update with Speak Life tool, we had to shift, we had to pivot, but we still have been moving forward. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that because it wasn't too many organizations that were given artists that type of experience. We were doing showcases, but you were actually, you had actually uh, pivoted in that organization and made it an actual tool, giving young people that, that experience of being professional artists on the move or like mm -hmm. traveling with it. And most young people don't, especially inner city young people don't get that chance until maybe further along or down the line. So them knowing that and having that experience was definitely, and this whole virtual world that we're in right now was definitely a great space to then help them learn how to reach out to the world and not just that four block radius. And even where you, it was possible for you to go on the tour, but beyond that. So I'm glad that has not, um, been affected completely by uh, this COVID-19. So much kudos yeah, yeah. to you. But personally for you beyond the Speak Life Tour, what have you been uh, doing for yourself? Yeah, so the name of my consulting company is CTR Strategy Solutions. And mm -hmm. so our primary focus is we work with business owners from startup phase to growth phase. And mm -hmm. we always like to say we help individuals take those scattered pieces that's in our mind. We all have different thoughts and creative ideas, but sometimes they're scattered. So what we do, we help pull all those ideas together, put it on paper, put it into a cohesive plan for ultimately, the ultimate goal is to execute on it, right? Because there's no point in having a bunch of ideas if we can't execute. So my primary thing when I work with the uh, individual, whether they're in startup or growth phase, we do a SWOT analysis. We determine what's the strengths, weakness, opportunities, threats. Mm -hmm. We look at what's working well, what's not working well, and then we put together a specific strategic outline for execution. Mm -hmm. um, and so October the 1st, actually, that's coming up right around the corner, um, I'm offering is the final um, webinar networking event. It's virtual. Well, I am going to actually be doing a coaching that night. And the title that night is 2022 strategic planning. We're going to be breaking down how you can break down the four quarters of next year to make sure you end this year with a strong game plan so we don't waste any time come January. And mm -hmm. so specifically when I work with a business owner, let's say it's a nonprofit and they don't have their 501c3. 
we are able to assist them to get their 501c3 from the IRS. We're able to educate mm -hmm. them how to complete a grant application, but more importantly, how to maintain their 501c3. Because people get it, but sometimes they're not doing their annual paperwork filing and they lose their status. Right, and so right, I'm able right. to help that on uh, if they're a nonprofit, but if they're a for-profit business, we're able to help them to create their three-year business plan, including their marketing and financial projections. So we're very hands-on when we work with a business owner. Um, the passion as to why I even started it was because individuals were coming to me and was asking for assistance specifically around strategic planning and organizational development. And that is my strong suit. Mm. So you are definitely the person that I must talk to uh, off of this camera. Um, I, I, when you were coming in, I was speaking on a matter that um, after being in business for a number of years and working as a working artist, um, I had an organization take my name. Mm -hmm. um, and they're using the name for an initiative under their business. Um, and mm -hmm. it was, you know, I was stuck between a space of um, not knowing what to do. I, I knew I couldn't just be angry and just go off. Um, mm -hmm. because I had too much tied into grants. And if you know the grants, especially here in Baltimore, you don't know who may be sitting on that board. So I, right. I was trying to um, figure out, you know, what the next step is and, and figuring that out. Is that the type of help that you can offer with your consulting company as well? Yeah, and, and matter of fact, um, I will tell you even another story, even with Speak Life, actually I had to retain an attorney Similar thing tried to happen with me in the Speak Life tour was another company out in Texas was trying to cop the same exact name. Mm. And um, luckily, I was able to win that case because I'm, I got a lot of documentation when the Speak Life tour got started. So mm -hmm. I supplied all the documentation we needed and I was able to, 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 to win that. But yes, we, we, we will be able to, to discuss that as far as your business um operations because that's really what it deals with deal with business operations and mm -hmm. looking at that but um yeah we definitely could talk about that offline because a lot of businesses they look at llc and don't realize that's not federally recognized it is but it's just like a sole proprietor on a local level they don't see mm -hmm. it as they don't understand what right. incorporated is Mm -hmm. compared to an LLC. They normally get LLC because they see everybody else has been getting one and don't really understand LLC is just an uh, insurance measure, not really, mm -hmm. you know, um, your business being looked at and people not being able to take your name. Um, yeah, um, because the LLC, the limited liability company, is really a disregarded entity. And as like you said, when it comes to tax time, you don't really get a lot of extra tax savings under the LLC, LLC structure. You really get a lot of um, savings if you filed as an S-Corp. And again, um, I do have a business partner that I collaborate with um, for individuals that need to convert their LLC into an S-Corp. But one of the things that I always tell people, you have to understand what is your business operations? What are your business benchmarks? What are your business goals? Because a lot of times when people first get started, of course, we all have this excitement. We just want to want to start a business. But we have to know what is the business? What industry are mm -hmm. we going into? What's your competition in that industry, right? Um, what are your financial goals? Like, how much capital do you need to get started? How much capital do you need every month to, to be sustainable? 
every mm-hmm. quarter, how much do you need coming in? So when I work with an individual, we break everything down. We don't just run off of passion. We have to run also off of, uh, I always like to say, you know, specific numbers. What are the numbers? What are the mm-hmm. numbers we need to maintain the business, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that that's our approach. Because if you don't know your numbers, you can't hit your financial goals. One of the things when I'm coaching with someone, I started a coaching series uh, at the end of last year, going into this year with a cohort group of individuals. I'm going to do the same thing this year, ending this year, going into next year. And it was about uh, five individuals. They all had a financial goal for this year, myself included. Um, Because you have to have accountability partners, especially when you're trying Mm -hmm. to take your business to the next level. You have to also be in a circle with people that's hungry, just like you. And Mm -hmm. so we all had committed and said what we want wanted for this year, our financial goals monthly. I said mine, they said theirs. And I have been able to hit my financial goals, not because it just, you know, it's just about Catherine Trotter. It's only because I've been focusing on the numbers and then I've been applying the action steps so I could hit the financial output that I was looking for. And mm-hmm. the individuals that was in that circle, they also have been able to hit their financial goals because we had a very clear perspective. And so that's why if anyone is watching now later and you need some clarity, October 1st, you definitely want to plug in. That's my fi- my final webinar for this year. Mm-hmm. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's one hour from 7 to 8. Um, it's also a time where you can plug about your business, but I will be doing a training, and that's my final training for this year. And I'm, I'm one, I have to say, um, I'm very, I love when people are consistent. Um, and uh, when I first met you and interviewed you to now, I've seen a consistent push, you know, and it's not just, oh, that didn't work out. Because it would have been easy for you to just sit, speak like toward to the side and focus mm-hmm. on you getting through <laughs> this pandemic. Uh, but mm-hmm. to know that you still work, kept it moving. Many people, who are not in their lane will drop stuff when things get hot. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I'm always telling people, make sure this is what you want to do. And you're not just following a trend. You know, trend set Mm -hmm. versus following trends is two different things. You know, you're Mm -hmm. creating work and you're creating lanes versus trying to follow what everybody else is doing. You know, and that, that sets you apart from everybody when you, when times get hard. This was a big downswing for many of us. I don't care how rich you were. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. was holding on to that that wallet a little bit tighter uh, because right. everything was uncertain. We, we wouldn't have imagined that we would still be in the midst of this uh, almost over a year later. So, right. you know, how has it been uh, in that restructuring and staying consistent? How has this pandemic either pushed you or kind of took a little wind out of you? Well, I'll tell you when the pandemic first hit for about a 30-day span, I think every business was touched. There was, you know, no new business for about a 30-day span, 30 days. But Mm -hmm. the thing that I had in place, and I learned this a long time ago, Mm -hmm. you always got to keep a funnel. So I already had a funnel of individuals that needed my services. And Mm so um, I still was able to you know, bring in clients. I still was able to do business. It was a 30-day delay, though, when things really hit the fan, where I don't think anybody was spending anything because nobody knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. But after I got over that 30-day uh, drought period, I was I bounced back, actually, with a lot of clients. And then as far as Speak Life to the Nation, 
people just gravitated to it because mind you, people was home, they had nothing to do and speak like to the nation, it just caught on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't a challenge for me to get people to participate or even be a part of the virtual performance or, you know, from even in other countries that participated. And I think the thing is though, it's something that you said, and it's the same thing with you. You have a level of consistency as well with everything you do in your business. So people, when people see someone that's consistent, people just respect that, you know, people will respect what you're doing. And so, you know, like I said, for me, it was a 30 day pause, but I still had a reserve in, in, in my queue. So I was able to kick back into gear. And I'm going to tell you one thing also that happened. A lot of people had also started to reach out to me because they got laid off or what have you, or they didn't trust mm-hmm. where they was working at. They wanted them to start a business. And mm-hmm. so my business didn't dry. And I'm, I'm just grateful and thankful for mm-hmm. that, that um, I was able to still maintain. And I encourage anybody that's watching this show now or watching later, you got to make sure you always keep 10 in play. This is something I learned from a marketing class many years ago. And the concept behind keeping 10 in play, at any given time, you should have 10 potential new clients that want to do business with you at any given time. So in other Mm -hmm. words, I never turn away people. If somebody say, oh, I can't, I'm not ready to do business with you right now. Some people cast them to the side, not me. I stay in communication. I send follow-up emails. I send encouraging text messages Mm -hmm. because they're going to remember. So when they're ready to do business, they're going to do business with me. Sometimes people push people to the side because they're not ready to do business then. No, that means you just need to continue to build a relationship so when they are ready to do business, they're going to want to do business with you. And just look into what they're doing so you can figure out how to support them. Because some people, Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning of a business, you've poured a lot of your own personal assets into creating that thing. So you don't have Mm -hmm. the money to do the things that a professional like yourself could help them with. So creating relationships, I think people are so in tune and I got to get to that person's wallet. No, you got to you gotta get to their heartstring and their mm-hmm. mind before you get to that wallet. Because I know I, I keep mine, I don't even bring my wallet outside. So you trying to get to the wallet, you're going to be mad. Because I got to still go back home and confer with self and that wallet mm-hmm. to see what, what's possible. Um, in terms of- I like building, how you put that. I'm, I'm being honest. I've had to learn this because I used to, and I, I when I met you, I, I saw that in you as well. Just kept that wallet open and this was given everything. You, I Even throughout this pandemic, I'd have bought so many t-shirts and, you know, mm-hmm. everybody who was starting a business, I tried to support them, but then you still have to be smart and, and be mindful and strategic in many mm-hmm. different ways, but be mindful of what your needs are keeping that at all times. So I've learned how to do that in the midst of this. Today's topic, we're speaking about passion. And I don't want to say passion over profit, but that passion versus profit. uh, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, it has to be a balance in everything that we do. But I've seen a lot of people who are picking a profit uh, and not really discussing or thinking about the passion side of it, uh, where their heart, if that's where the heart is, uh, but they're mm-hmm. all inside that profit. So when you are introducing yourself to these new businesses and working with them, is, is that factored into the advice that you give them or the conversations that you're having with them? Oh, yeah. Actually, I actually ha- I, I believe in being transparent and honest. 
Mm-hmm. I actually had to have a conversation with someone and I, and you know, and I told them, I said, you know, I don't even think that you need to even start this business because you don't seem to be passionate about it because, and I told them, I mean, you're, it's not going to last. And I'm very, I'm a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. And there's been clients that had the, the, you know, my fee for service and I've turned them away because I knew they weren't passionate about it. You know, mm-hmm. we all in business. Yes, I'm in business to make a, a you know, a living but I'm also passionate about those that are passionate about what they want to do too. And mm-hmm. I like to work with passionate people. I don't want to work with someone, especially if it's in the nonprofit arena and I feel like they just want to hustle something that may feel and look good, but they really not about it. So I've, I have declined from working with people, particularly in the nonprofit community that want to start up a nonprofit, but I know their passion is not there. And, and I'm very honest. I'm very transparent. It was an organization I had to have an honest conversation with where all of the board members said they don't got no time to put towards it. I said, then why are you even trying to start it? And you know, I'm a straight shooter. Say it again. I said, just to say that they were on a board. Right. Yeah, I mean, passion is everything. Let me tell you, people that, um, your, your passion will precede you. And I say that because it's individuals that I met when I'm in my 20s and they'll, they'll, you know, we may reconnect where I'm at and from now and they're like, oh, you still on fire. You still, you still, I'm like, yeah. And I always tell people, the day my passion leaves is the day I'm shutting down Speak Life. It's also the day I'm shutting down my consultant business because I can't do what I do without the passion. Yeah, it fuels you. It, it really... You know, um, many people, they, you know, I'm normally here in my studio now or if I was at the station or whatever work I do, I normally am the last one to leave, you know, mm-hmm. and because the type of passion that I have for being an artist and working with people, it super exceeds me being tired. Like, I, I yeah. don't even feel tired until I've woken up and realized I just fell asleep doing what I was doing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's not healthy all the time because you got to balance and everything, but I've seen a lot of people start businesses because it it was just trendy. But I've also mm-hmm. seen, especially in this pandemic, I've seen people fulfill their dream. Yes. And that's a, that's what I love to see. Like, I, I love to see somebody in the middle of a hall they just started, like there all day long. And doing, I love seeing that. But I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just in a space right now where I just want people to begin to treat work together basically. Just mm-hmm. how, how do we work together? So what what aspect of your consultant business are you teaching networking or that the proper way to network? Yeah. So actually, I believe in hands-on teaching. So mm-hmm. I, this whole year, now prior to this year, I had my networking events in person because of COVID, everything shifted to virtual. So mm-hmm. actually every month I do virtual meetings. I call them CEO network mixers, where mm-hmm. individuals that are a leader of a nonprofit or a leader of a for-profit business, uh, we come on and we network. We we literally have to engage each other. And mm-hmm. the other cool thing about it is that I don't just engage people from one market. I, I, I engage people from multiple markets in multiple states. Mm-hmm. Now, October 1st is going to be the last one for this year. I always use the latter part of the year to to just really unwind and plan for the next year. But literally every month, instead of just telling people you need to network, 
I host networking events and then I invite my clients, that gives them opportunity to sharpen their skills to network. And uh, mm -hmm. it sharpens their skill to work on their pitch because they got a pitch in real time. Okay. That's that's a vital uh, lesson because I was used to being an artist that was either in my space creating or at rehearsal. So the networking tool was something it naturally happened because I was around people, but it was something mm -hmm. that I had to be um, purposeful with. Like mm -hmm. I had to be on purpose with it because we normally just think that we have to gravitate towards the people that look like they got money or they got right. some type of, you know, uh, access to something that can help us. But you have to begin to just talk to people because it's the least likeliest people that you would talk to. When I, I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at your Instagram and I mm -hmm. saw my uh, my cousin. cousin on there. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, so, oh, yeah, she got what got my cousin. So I, <laughs> I, I, was, I was on it in that moment. Like, let me make sure I continue to follow her because I just love to see, I love to see my loved ones win. I love to see my friends and family win. And I just, mm -hmm. I love that idea of all of us finding not money, but our passion. The money will come. Because if mm -hmm. you're chasing it, you'll just be in that circle forever. But I just love Absolutely. to find our passion because we're at our happiest. You could be broke as all outdoors, but if you're following your passion, like your, your joy level just goes through the roof. And I know you yeah. see that with children and now with adults uh, alike, when they're in it, you can tell the difference. And I meet very many consultants that will say they will decline somebody uh, because they don't see them passion. But that's a waste of your time uh, mm -hmm. doing all that work for them, only for them to get bored with it and jump to the next thing when the next trend happens. Absolutely. You know, you can tell if someone's passionate about it. You can just tell about what they say out of their mouth, their body mm -hmm. language, you know, how they're mm -hmm. communicating. Um I mean, I've had some people who come to me, I will, what are you going to call your business? I don't know. Can you name it for me? No, that is the heartbeat of your, I can't name your business for you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know, it was a pleasure meeting your cousin. She had positive vibes, positive energy. That was actually um, a wine taste and pop-up network mixer that she attended. And it mm -hmm. was just an awesome event. Everybody that came to that brought positive vibes. We were all able to network and exchange. And that is what it's about. You know, it is about mm. connecting, collaborating, because your passion, let me tell you something. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said a few minutes ago, sometimes people are looking for those that they feel that are the, is the big wig or got a, a disinfluence or what have you. Let me tell mm -hmm. you, my strongest clients have not had just huge, you know, gigantic following or, or, or um, mm -hmm. clout. But they were serious. They were focused. Um, and it didn't take forever in the day for them to make a decision if they want to do business, okay? Right. It, it, right. It, but the mark of a business owner is not about how many followers they have. It's not about, you know, uh, are they this great influencer? Because I'm going to tell you, I, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but I met an influencer from off social media. And when I actually engaged with this person, they had a lot of followers. But when they were sharing with me behind the scenes of their business was all falling apart. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. so followers only equate to, right. to sales. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And, and if you right. get that one sale from that person, it doesn't guarantee you a continuous uh, circle of sales from that person. So you can have mm -hmm. a million followers and one sale a month. Yeah. 
the weed. I, so in your process, because it's not only an interview process for a new client for you, them interviewing you, it's also on your behalf as well. So when you're looking at potential clients, what are some of the things that you're looking for outside of the passion aspect of it? What are you looking for in them or what do they have to have up front or, you know, what, what goes into your selection process? Well, I want to know, can they commit to four to six weeks of coaching at the very least? Cause that's, I have coaching packages that are some are four weeks, some are six weeks. Some people just need, you know, a couple of coaching sessions. Everybody is different, but mm -hmm. my standard packages is four weeks or six week coaching packages. So, I mean, I want to know if they, if they can commit to that. It's one day a week. We set aside 45 minutes uh, to an hour weekly. So, you know, I've had some people that even put their deposit down, but then don't show up for the coaching session. So um, I, I want individuals that can make a commitment to building their own business, right? Um, because, see, I give the tools. I break it down. I am not the kind of consultant. There are some consultants out there they just load their clients up with a bunch of stuff and tell them to go read mm -hmm. it. And they, they don't break none of the stuff down. I'm a very hands-on consultant. So that mm -hmm. means it's going to have to be a commitment. Will they commit to weekly coaching? Will they show up to the coaching session? Mm -hmm. And with the activities in between um, from one coaching session to the next, will they commit to those activities? So when I say activities, I'm talking about there's time where they have to reflect on what are their objectives? What are their goals? They have to think on this. So when we have a coaching session, we can go over that together. So there's assignments in between coaching sessions that they have to work on. So the coaching session can be meaningful. I don't have fluff, fluff, rah, rah coaching sessions just wasting people's time. We get into it so we can build a solid platform. And I, I love that. Um, and I, I wish I would have sought that out in this process for me where I was 22, 23, starting a business out of me being an artist. Um, I really wish I, because it would, I, you avoid so many of the pitfalls and the mistakes. You're still going to go through a lot of them, but you avoid them or you learn how to bounce back from them. Uh, and that's one right. of the things a lot of the young people I work with, I always tell them to either seek out a mentor and or a coach, somebody that can really help them in their field. You know, somebody mm -hmm. who knows the language that they're speaking, not just you know, somebody that's going to tell you what they feel or their opinion on something, but really seeking out that type of support because starting a business is not easy. A lot of my friends who found their passion in the midst of this pandemic, mm -hmm. I can I can just about know when they're going to call me because they get to mm -hmm. that first roadblock and I can see a post on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I'm about to get a phone call uh, because mm -hmm. you just Oh, you know the ebbs and flows of this. You know when people ain't spending money. At, at some point during the pandemic, all you had to do was just say you wanna, and they were already sliding their card. And then at another mm -hmm. point, you saw where that money was starting to get low, and people started pulling back again. So, right, start businesses when they see the cards just flying, charge it, charge. They see that, and that's what gives them the impetus. But they don't realize three months later, you know. And, you know, just like when you rent an apartment, the first three months mm -hmm. always easy because you prepared for that. It's that mm -hmm. fourth month, fifth month, sixth month where you like, oh, I got to get this rent money together. I got to get that BGE. And you're not, you didn't think that far ahead. Um, the idea of a business plan is not, you know, it's not a fancy piece of paper. It's really the structure mm -hmm. that's going to get you out of trouble when trouble right. does happen. 
So, you know, uh, in, in terms of working with your adults versus working with your children, uh, what's the differences or what what do you see as the the similarities even? That's a good question. Um, I would say differences with some of the youth and young adults, um, they're they're very eager to soak up knowledge, I would say. Very, very eager. It's, it's not a huge challenge. Um, I, I, you know, with, with the adults, some come to me, you know, some of you just say, well, I already know all of this. I'm thinking, like, why are you coming to me then? I don't say it, but I'm thinking it. Um, and so I'm like, well, if you already know everything, what, what, what is this experience really going to be like? Right. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to go to someone and seek out that consultant that meets your need. Like there's tons of consultants. I don't consult on everything. I consult on my niche area. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there could be another consultant. I have a friend that's a consultant and she focuses specifically on HR. I refer people to her because that's her focus. Right. Mm -hmm. So you know, you got to know what you need. And so I would say, again, going back to the differences and similarities, the, the youth and young adults are very open and receptive to creative ideas and, and feedback. I'm not saying adults aren't either, but sometimes it can be a learning curve because it, it, it is, they're going into an uncharted area, although they may have been in business in other areas, but not this specific niche. Give an example. There was a lady that reached out to me. She has her MBA. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was just only piece of paper. She never actually ran a business. Now, whereas me, I don't have an MBA, okay, disclaimer, but I, I have my bachelor's political science. I, I have, um, I went to college in Notre Dame, she got a year in a nonprofit management, but I have 18 years of experience in business. Mm -hmm. Whereas that individual just had a piece of paper and they were very, very cocky with me. Um, that relationship did not proceed forward because I, it was no way I could help that person because all that person could see was they had an MBA and I did not. Get out your own and, way. Get out your mm -hmm. own way. Yeah. And so those are just some similarities or differences. I mean, um, then I, then on the flip side though, I have a husband and wife team that I'm working with here in Florida and they are so enjoyable to work with. I mean, uh, when I tell you they actually do the activities and the lessons, they are prepared for the next lesson. They they come to the coaching sessions like it's, I don't know, like it's a college class, you know. So um, it, it's pros and cons. And really, at the end of the day, I think it goes back to the individual. What mm -hmm. does the individual want? Are they hungry, right? Because I also have signed up for other coaching sessions that I need for myself in areas that I'm not strong in. When I enter into that space, I leave everything I know. I'm not bringing that to there because I'm stepping in that space. It's uncharted. It's something I need to learn. So I'm not bringing, oh, Catherine, try to know that. No, I'm not bringing it because I'm coming empty so I can be filled up. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, a good, that's a good piece of knowledge to lend to another, um, uh, another individual because sometimes we get in that space of, because we're in what we're doing, I know more than you. And if you knew more than me, it would be working. Mm -hmm. Or if you do know more than me, something ain't working in what you know. So humbling mm -hmm. yourself to grow. You know, that was my, my biggest pet peeve at, at one point because I didn't have the help. So I was doing everything myself. I was everything from the CEO to the janitor and everything in mm -hmm. between. And sometimes you have to break yourself of that that uh, 
the energy where you don't want to take advice. You just want mm-hmm. help. Know the difference. Know mm-hmm. if you just need help versus you need advice and you need support mm-hmm. in that consulting firm. But um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Miss Catherine Trotter. Don't go anywhere. The Artist Exchange Radio Show every Friday at 5 p.m. Only on BigSposedRadio.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We can train and certify over 10,000 students in 10 years. We can renovate over 10,000 houses in 10 years. This is the Inner City Trade School Project, sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time, and it's our turn. I feel like once we address once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The, the, the main idea is to know the safety of the program. And Do Black Lives Matter? Yes. yes. We're going to show you how much Black Lives Matter because we have a solution to the problem. This school will help change the mindset of our young Black men. And that's what we're trying to do, bring pride back to our community. Substitute anger management, uh, mental health. So here at the Inner City Trade School, that's what we're uh, trying to build. That's what we're trying to create, an environment for our people to thrive. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Today we have in the building, well, not in the building, but virtually, uh, Miss Catherine Trotter. Uh, she is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. I first met her with the Speak Life Tour, and she's now doing the CTR Strategy Solutions, Strategy Solutions uh, programming, where she's helping entrepreneurs. Uh, first time established and everything in between, uh, just reignite that business or just get it off and, and popping. Sometimes it, it, the hardest part is getting moving, you know, and, and many of us, we know how to do what we know what we want to do, but all the other incidental things, like you just mentioned, HR and business planning and marketing, branding, all that was like, social media was very, very new 
when I started a business and I didn't use it. I've never used it because it just wasn't, I thought it was for meeting friends and dating. I didn't know it was for, you know, marketing. Um, and then once I picked up on it, it has become a tool. Uh, but many of us don't know these things because we don't seek out the support we need um, in the beginning uh, before we start. We have a lot of people who just jump into business, especially artists, because we normally know where our gifts are. So we do that. But the business side of it is very important. I spoke to uh, Catherine in the beginning about an incident that I've posted on many of my social media that's been happening to me. Uh, and I would have never thought that would have happened to me, being as though I have saturated the Internet with my company, as I was told to do by my mentors. But it's still possible for you to miss a dotted I or a cross T uh, and somebody to come in and, and take what's yours. Uh, so mm -hmm. what is the advice that you give to your business owners in terms of safeguarding themselves against, you know, copyright infringements or, you know, people taking their work, making sure their business is legitimate, all those things. What What are some of the advice that you yeah. give to them? In addition, you know, to, you know how like when you incorporate in the state of Maryland, you do your articles and all that, and that's wonderful. And sometimes individuals will do their trade name application, which is like $25 in the state of Maryland. But what people don't know, that's just for that state. That's not universal for all 50. You actually have to go through the whole process um, with protecting your business name, your logo, your trademark in all 50 states and that's done on a federal level so depending on where you may be at in business those that's watching now those that's going to watch later i ask you did you already do your trade name at least for the state that you're in and then i would say if you did do that then you need to take it to the next level and make sure you have your trademark uh secure in all 50 states and complete your application right. you need to do that because one of the things that's so um, pivotal, just like what happened with you, what happened with me, um, you know, um, it, it, it was it was eye opener. And because here's the thing, a lot of times when you're starting something, you do just have the passion. When I started to speak life, I didn't in a million years think somebody was going to try mm -hmm. to copy that. Mm -hmm. But it happened, mm -hmm. you know, and um, so I would say to anyone, if you're in the very beginning phases, you do have something that's that is so incredible. Even if you don't see the, 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 how large it can be, know that it's gonna get large. Because see, here's the thing with business. People can smell greatness even before it becomes large, right? They can mm -hmm. sniff it out, they can see it, right? Even in its, in its smallest form. So I just wanna encourage someone that's starting a business now, you know, like, well, it's just a little something. No, it's not just a little something, it is, it is magnificent. And you need to mm -hmm. protect that legally so as it does grow and, and, and it manifests itself, you're not in a situation where someone is copying your name, your logo. And so, I mean, it even went to a point where somebody even took my logo, put it on another page. I mean, it was some, it was some ridiculous stuff. But here's the mm -hmm. thing. This is where uh, your muscles as a business owner had to be strong because when things like that happen, it can take the breath away from you because you know how much you put into it. Ooh. About to take the breath yeah. out of somebody else. That's right. that's about that. But it it <laughs> but those things and, and the reason you should pause for a second before starting things is because little incidental things that you don't think about mm -hmm. can mean the difference. 
Prime example, yeah. my website. In the beginning, I had a partner, very beginning in college. That person was good at tech. I was good at the art. And we was going to come together and learn the business and just do it. And when that business relationship didn't go all the way, we didn't have anything in writing. I didn't put anything in writing. And that person took the website. Now, for mm. me to go buy that today is $10,000. And that mm. person purposely just put an arbitrary number on it. Just mm-hmm. so knowing I don't have ten thousand dollars to give them, so I in their, in their mind I could never have a website then. You know mm-hmm. I figured out a way around it, but get everything in writing. Everything. Yes, everything. If it's you and your mama in business, get everything in writing because yep. tomorrow is not promised to either of us. And somebody can scoop in and say, "Well, I represent her, and I want mm-hmm. this portion of it." And uh, that's one of the biggest lessons that I'm currently reworking in me, getting everything. That whole yeah. friendship handshake is not no. how I do You got to have it in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I would even say this, if you're going to even do business with someone, let's say you're seeking out uh, for someone's services, make sure you get an MOU agreement of what they're saying, all this good stuff that they're saying they're going to do for you. Mm-hmm. Get it in writing. That's Can what I do when I work with someone. For who don't know what an MOU is? Yes. So it's a memorandum of understanding. And so in the MOU, it could be maybe a page to two pages long, but basically in that MOU, it's going to break down the working relationship between you and that other person. You're going to spell out whatever currency, whatever money is involved that's going to be in there. Mm -hmm. It's going to spell out what your role is, what that person's role is. Um, You know, in this case, if you're retaining someone for their services, it needs to spell out what you're getting for the money that you're paying. But let's mm-hmm. say if it's a partnership situation, let's say you may be partnering with someone in that MOU agreement, it's going to state the responsibilities of each spot, each partner, and it's going to state any financial obligations of each partner. Because again, I always say you don't want to know dead weight. If you're saying you're going to partner with someone, everybody got to bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if everybody's not bringing something to the table, it is not a partnership. Is the one side of thing. And so you don't want no dead weight. And I'm speaking this to anybody that's starting business, you've been in business, you feel dead weight is all around you. You need to take an assessment of where you're at in your business and release the dead weight. So you can strategize this fourth quarter and go into next year uh, being able to be successful. There was a lot of dead weight that I had to relinquish also in my life. And when I relinquish that dead weight, let me tell you something. My business this year, not only financially soared, which it did do that, but also in every area in terms of where my clients have been coming from. Because when you got dead weight around, it stops your growth. It stops your business growth. You can't have all this toxic around you and think your business is going to grow. It will impact your business because some people say, well, I don't know why my business is just not growing. Check the dead weight around you. So question, mm-hmm. what if you are the dead weight? Mm, there it is. That's a very good question. Let me tell you something. I've had to check myself. I'm going to use myself as an example mm-hmm. because there was a season where I wasn't thriving the way I needed to be. I had to check Catherine. Mm-hmm. I said, Catherine, why are you not hitting your goals? What mm-hmm. are you not doing? You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so one of the ways in which I tweak that, one of the things I always do, if I'm lacking in a certain area or not measuring up, I put it out there to my circle so they can hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. So I would say if, if you're not 
pushing yourself for, or maybe you know you're the dead weight. You gotta have a circle that can remind you. Okay, I can even keep it more real than this. Even just on a personal, I'm going through a personal life change with my eating habits and getting all and and getting getting some good mm-hmm. eating habits. Let's just say that. And I have a friend, and 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 she's thinking, you want me to be your accountability partner? I said, sure. You know, because she's my accountability partner as far as my workout regimen, eating habits, and so forth. And she'll just message me randomly, you know, um, and, and to make sure I'm on point. But I need that, right? We all need accountability. If mm-hmm. we can say we can do it all ourselves, you know, hats off to you if you feel that way. But I know I need accountability. So I, yes, was dead weight. Mm-hmm. And when I, and let me kind of even be more clear about when I say I was dead weight. In other words, yes, I knew what I wanted to do, but I allowed certain things around me to hinder my daily action steps. I, I always say your daily action step at the end of the day is going to dictate to how much money you generated at the end of that month. If your daily action steps are not consistent, don't expect this grand amount of money. Some people like making it rain. We didn't make enough of rain because the daily action steps did not measure up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's part of that plan that you that you have to put into. And I as a I think coming into this as an artist, I was totally blown off course. One, when I got that first tax bill. That's that's mm-hmm. the one that kind of like, uh, sir, get yourself together. Because it's an astronomical number, but she's like, uh, I I'll deal with that. No, sir, no. Because our escrow keep knocking. They don't care about you pushing the, the end button on the phone. They go show up. They go show up where you least expect. Uh, so yeah. figuring these things out as a business owner, it's really <clears throat> even because some people they can't wait. They can't wait. For me, I was already in the business, so it wasn't a, a waiting issue. It was I was already an actor. I was already generating money from doing what I was doing creatively. So now I just got to figure out the business side. And some people find themselves, I'm sure you get a lot of business owners that's probably been in, in business for years. And you're like, well, sir, you didn't see your leg cut off? Like, but no, they were in it. They were, they were daily doing it. But you have to figure that out along the way. Take a moment. If it's this one aspect, getting yourself trademarked or doing, figuring out, Step by step, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to do this in a week. Do it now. Like, for me, I need a casting trial at this point because it has gotten to that point. But it was, again, it was just years of just getting by or just, oh, I got this lump sum of money. Let me pay my rent. Let me pay my bills. Let me buy more supplies. And not thinking about, oh, shoot, I should have saved something. Or, oh, I should have put it into this versus this over here. You know, not not knowing it but just i knew how to make the money but with the yeah. bill with the money that was <laughs> you know, that was the part that was messed up or the business mm-hmm. itself uh so mm-hmm. i, I want to um as we close out i really want to um say thank you one for coming um and two uh i need your help and three uh what what are what are some things that you have coming up i know you have in a, a virtual symposium coming up uh, let us know yes. those things and where we can find you at on social media and how we can register for those events. Yeah, so actually tomorrow um, there is a economic empowerment symposium. It is virtual. Um, mm-hmm. If you go to my Instagram, you can click on the link um, 
in the bio and it'll take you to the economic symposium registration like it's just $25 but let me tell you something with that it, 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 you're going to get a full day not just only of me speaking there's like I don't I, when I was in fly like 15 different speakers it's going on all day long until 6 p.m it kicks off officially at 10 a.m and it goes all day until 6 p.m with a platform of speakers they're going to be talking about on financial literacy how do you build your business me personally my topic is on how do you get your 501c3 because there's a lot of individuals that want to know that mm -hmm. and my instagram handle is ctr strategy solutions and if you go to the link in my bio it'll you just click on the link that says empower, uh, empowerment uh, symposium economic empowerment symposium and it'll take you right there um and then of course october the first that's no charge that's where i'm doing my last ceo networking mixer of the year at 7 p.m um, I am doing a training that night specifically on 2022 strategic planning, and then it will be built in time for business owners to network, network with each other virtually. Also, before I forget that same night, I'm also going to be doing an education series on life insurance. I'm also licensed as a life insurance broker, and we teach people how to, uh, you know, really create tax shelters for themselves with life insurance and how to have life insurance and build cash value in your life insurance and as that cash value grows, you can extract it to do other things for your business and so that's something i'll also be talking about on october the first okay i really appreciate it um and my last question to you is what question would you ask your 100 year old self and what advice would you give to your 17 year old self okay my 100 and my 17 right mm-hmm um my 100 self wow um i would say make sure before you get to before i get to 100 that i also took quality time with myself okay Me, meaning because sometimes when you're in business you can be in go mode um mm -hmm. and that's something i'm learning to do now like i love botanical gardens so i would tell my my hundred year old self make sure you have more excursions and experiences that I went to multiple places and countries that I was able to gain, not just only new clients, but experiences. What I would say to my 17 year old self is, um, make sure you circle yourself around individuals that are gonna pour into you that it's reciprocal, not just taken away from you. Mm. They're pointing to you and you're able to pour into them. I would tell my 17 year old self, make sure you're around uh, individuals that's gonna pull you up and and eliminate any toxic any toxic uh environment and and that that question i, I get to a lot of the young uh, artists that i work with it mm -hmm. is a question that i use as a meditation prompt sometimes as a writing prompt when i'm writing in my journal and it will change as you change as you grow mm -hmm. or move backwards so will your responses to your 100-year-old self and your 17-year-old self. So uh, to the people out there, use it as a meditation prompt. It's a good indication, a marker point of where you are in that moment. Because it tells you a lot about yourself in that moment based off the question and the uh, advice that you, you ask to those two ages, those two different parts of yourself. So thank you again. Anything that I can do, as I tell you every time, don't hesitate and let me know how I can set up my consultation. Uh, Absolutely. Because we're ready. We're ready. All um, right. I'll DM you.
Okay. Thank you again, Catherine, for joining us. I appreciate you. And don't forget, this weekend and next weekend, I'll be at the Motorhouse uh, Artist Space. We'll be doing our second week and third week of Rachel's. So get your tickets on Eventbrite. Hey, brown paper tickets, I'm sorry, uh, at Rapid Lemon Productions. Uh, come out, see the play. There are plenty of other things going on in the city. There's also a funk show going on at the Gold Space on 25th and Charles. A bunch of my friends are a part of that. Just indulge in the arts, support each other. Let's try to be positive. Let's turn this narrative around with the crab in a barrel and just support each other and be respectful. Again, COVID is still real. Wear your mask, whether you get vaccinated or not. Do you, uh, but be safe, be respectful of others, and just, just love on each other. See y'all later. Peace out, Miss Trotter. Peace. Take care. Thank you.